talk about mania because mm. it's the thing that's coming up and it's kind of the reason you're why quite I'm excited about show. mania yeah yeah it's it's cool i i think i'm a bit worried that the card looks really good <laughs> and I'm not... i think it's quite dull though like i, I well, think the build I, has been shocking towards yeah, this mania. yeah see i i feel like the card is good but i'm not sure about the build like if you just looked at the matchups I think, oh, wow. But then the way they've actually been told in terms of like a storyline and how the build has actually happened, I'm not sure they're as good as they could be. Um, and then I, I don't know, like I'm kind of, I guess, not concerned, but when I look through, I'm like, oh, wow, everyone that's in a title match, the champion has to lose. Um which feels a bit of a weird one. Yeah, that it's a very categoric card. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I can't, I can't see that happening. Surely that's not going to happen in every map. I don't know. not as we were planning but i've seen like recently you started to do like the t-shirts and stuff as well which is really cool yeah again, it's building up that it's the network of people that you were starting to talk about as well and it's quite it's a community nice. it's a family yeah. yeah it's a very personal feeling to our podcast and that's why the merchandise is there the merchandise isn't there so i'm thinking haha i shall take more money from you it's a case of because you know our podcasts are free and uh, i intend for them to be free for the rest of my life so for us the merchandise is actually just something almost like giving back because we don't make any profit at all really from the shirts maybe two or three pound at most i'm very upfront and honest with my listeners about mm. what our monetary value is and what our profiteering campaigns are so to speak uh our merchandise is simply there so that people can you know have a nice t-shirt the designs are all made by myself you know there's there's been a lot of effort and a lot of work that's gone into them they're not garbage by any means you know they're something that people can wear with pride they're professionally designed as you know to the best of my capabilities and yeah i, I think the proof's in the pudding really people are buying them like crazy at the moment which is quite pleasing that's really cool and i like the um gradually like there's pictures of people wearing them as well and again it's it's that kind of community feel i guess that you you don't always get with a lot of stuff so that's something that i've been really like oh that's really cool and like oh that's especially because i i'll listen to all the podcasts but i don't generally do a lot of the interactions and stuff like that so hmm. for me it's really cool when i sh- see you share like an image of someone because I, I don't know who they are. I just know them as the name on the podcast. So yeah. I'm like, oh, that's that guy or that's the girl that they talk about. And uh, so the, I quite enjoy like that side because it's again, like as a, I guess like a passive fan, you get to sort of see who the other people are in your community as well. So that's quite cool. Yeah, um, quite a few of them call me like dad affectionately because it's, which is not sure how good that is. Not sure how comfortable I am with that premise. I mean, I have had to break up arguments and things and stuff like that. But yeah, no, the great thing is, it's a family based environment. And I, the reason I started doing that podcast in the first place was simply because I'd listened to so many wrestling podcasts and thought, this is an ego driven exercise and you're not getting to the point and you're not respecting your listeners. And frankly, what's the point of doing a podcast? If you don't respect your listeners in the first place, they are the lifeblood of why you do it. You know, if you're doing it and 
you know, you have very little to no care for who listens, then it's a very pointless exercise, at least in my perspective. So, you know, we have hashtag for the fans and we live up to that moniker because everybody can interact. Everybody's interactions are read out and discussed. We have Q and A's, they have t-shirts available to them. We have designs that we run through them as well. And we have so many personalities and characters that crop up. Each person is so involved as a listener that they become characters in their own right. And now we have obviously PVP as well, which is like almost like have a crack at it being a wrestler yourself. It's like promo class for these guys. So they can send videos in threatening each other and stuff like that. And obviously we try and keep it fairly well natured, but if you want to swear and stuff, we don't give a shit. Frankly, you know, we're not about filtering by any means. And, you know, uh, I've got yeah. no interest in filtering my content whatsoever. I'm certainly not going to compromise my personality or content for anyone. So I wouldn't expect our listeners to either. Mm. So I love how organic and authentic it is as well. And a lot of people, when they started, will say to you, do you know what? We didn't show our faces on social media. We didn't really have personalities. We we're just using our accounts to talk about wrestling. And a lot of these people through our podcast have found the confidence and the strength to show their face. Um, especially with some of them suffering with mental health problems as well. And some of them not, some of them completely unaware and becoming more aware because they've had the interactions with others. So it's a really beautiful double-edged sword in that respect. That's really nice. I think it sort of, um, I don't know. I, maybe I feel like I've noticed a little bit more cause you've just had the, like the one year celebrations and stuff. And there's been a lot more of the, like you say, the Q and a and the getting to know people and, um, like the random questions and stuff. And that's been really cool to hear and really cool to kind of see the the growth of of that, really, I think. Growth is, yeah, what I like about our podcast, especially, um, is the reality of the growth has been natural. We haven't tried to force it. You, know, I, I, you probably noticed on my Twitter the other night, I said that like, I'm so proud of the fact that, you know, a year ago I felt quite isolated, quite depressed. And this podcast was a project for me. It was something that had been spoken about for years, but never really had any volition to it. And now I'm like, you know, I've just thought, well, I'm just going to buy the bullet and do it. Mm. And there's never been any kind of bargaining tools. There's no bias. There's no ego. We have literally grown our, listener base from scratch it's not a case of all my friends from college listened and that's how i managed to get a reasonable amount of numbers you know we we started with nobody absolutely nobody and from that we've built this incredible family this community and you know it's like like a family sometimes they piss you off knowing and you think for god's sake <laughs> that you stop being a little tart or whatever it might be and you know there's a lot of emotional value that comes with it when you are so close to your listeners but overall yeah we've it's been you know, the, the family of smart has really uh, grown beautifully so i think kind of as i thought we were going to start off i just i got distracted by going straight into the, the family side um was yeah just us talking a little bit more about wrestling i know um when you came on last time we mentioned it as part of um your story and we spoke about that a little bit um but I know, like you say, it, it can be that someone's just a fan, but I think there's so much I've started to realise, and you've kind of hinted at there, really, that there's a lot of people that are affected in some way by, by mental health or a mental health illness that can really link into wrestling. Um, and whether that's just the generic stuff of the escape or or the kind of the comparison between, like, this is our soap, this is our EastEnders type thing... Um, I think there's a lot to be said there for the different kind of characters, for the storyline, for 
the escapism um, that is available through wrestling that isn't necessarily available in other forms of sport or entertainment? Well, what people don't realize is not only that, it's the different avenues of it. Many things that you watch, like EastEnders, for instance, yeah, I, obviously the great argument you get as a wrestling fan is, yeah, but it's fake. It's like, so is EastEnders, but you still watch that garbage. So, you know, feel free to continue to wax lyrical about something you don't understand. But wrestling offers more avenues and more subjectivity than most things. It's a very subjective thing to watch. With EastEnders, you're all watching for the storylines anyway. And, you know, TV programs and films, you're there for a specific reason. But everything links up to the one equilibrium, whereas with wrestling, it doesn't. Case in point, for instance, if you go and watch the Avengers film, it's very unlikely that you're going to thoroughly dislike a certain one of the Avengers or that you're going to appreciate the work of one of those more than the others. You will just enjoy the concept more so as an overall encompassing form of entertainment. Whereas with wrestling, you can go and watch Raw, SmackDown. There's so many different avenues. If you don't like, you know, the big heavy set guys, you can watch Two or Five Live and watch Cruiserweights. You might want to watch NXT because you prefer the developmental brand with the more edgier storylines. You can love some someone like the Miz and you can hate someone like Kevin Owens. There is so many different avenues to where it goes. And like you say, it ties into people's characters. People can relate to that stuff more. I actually find wrestling more relative and more relatable than I ever would find something like EastEnders because it is so dramatically over the top in so many ways. But yet it's also real people living out characters in front of you as opposed because it's a physical art there is a certain amount of realism that comes to it mm. eastenders is entirely fictional whereas if you watch your favorite wrestler get hit with a chair chances are he actually got hit with a chair mm. there's a lot more of an emotional disposition when you watch something like eastenders or a standard soap like coronation street as opposed to wrestling because wrestling offers so many different physical avenues and it's it's almost like sports for people who don't want to be mad about things like football in a lot of ways as well because it offers that entertainment and that drama that you don't get from watching a simple sport like a football or a rugby yeah and i think like you say it comes back to that idea maybe of someone that's not necessarily familiar with it talks about it as being fake when I can understand where that comes from, but for me, it's not fake, it's scripted. And like you say, it's um, you're watching for a combination of seeing the storyline and seeing it unfold in the same way that you might watch a soap, but you've got the added side of the the kind of the sports, the entertainment element of it um, that you don't have with other stuff. And then equally, if you're watching it from the sports angle, you've got an actual storyline that's been written rather than a narrative that a commentator has come up with to try and sell you this match or event um, as some kind of journey or story. Like, well, no, actually, it's that's part of the whole thing. Like, it's, there's meant to be the story. The story is written, so and then they match it. Um, so I really enjoyed that sort of side of it. And I think it kind of comes into um, some of the stuff that I, I think I really enjoy around there is that there's kind of that combination i guess and i think as we we're kind of coming round to to wrestlemania that we're going to talk a little bit about um later on is um starting to look back at some of those other matches and some of um the historical stuff that's in wrestling as well and i do think um we're at a time when actually the performance side the wrestling side is a lot better than it's ever been before um you can argue the storyline side is not as great but I think the performance side is a lot better and I think that's really interesting to sort of see is in terms of kind of 
um, having sort of aspirations to be like some of the characters or having uh, some sort of link with them. I think that's a really important part. Well, you mentioned obviously the athleticism. Ironically enough, WWE's ratings are actually at their lowest all time in terms of Raw and SmackDown. They're actually incredibly low. And that's because they do cater more to a hardcore wrestling audience, but yet still shill an incredible amount of storyline garbage that just doesn't hit the note. One of WWE's biggest problems is the fact it's not relatable enough. But the reason the athleticism is so high is because obviously independent wrestling is at its highest ever margin in terms of fans that watch its profit the amount of people who attend shows now you know will progress for instance of looking to put ten thousand people in Wembley arena this year for their biggest show of the year um that's relative to the success of independent wrestling and of course wwe has had no choice but to recognize this with things like the uk championship two or five live nxt is absolutely swollen with independent talent you if you go to regular independent shows like i do for instance like revolution pro wrestling progress icw those kind of marquee talents end up in wwe very quickly uh for instance i went to see revolution pro wrestling high stakes many moons ago uh two or three years ago. The main event was AJ Styles versus Zack Sabre Jr. for the British heavyweight title. A week later, he debuts in the WWE Royal Rumble. So he goes from 1,200 people to 16,000 people, you know, (laughs) that quickly. And all of a sudden, he's in that. And six months later, he's WWE champion. You're thinking, well, six months ago, I was chatting to you behind a shoddy-looking pasting table, you know, buying your Bullet Club merchandise. And here you are six months later. It's a real Mm. testament to the enjoyment of what this is and also the fact that you shouldn't just take WWE for granted. You shouldn't take indies for granted as well. You should always go and consume as much of it as possible, or at least give it a try. If you haven't gone along to an indie show before. I think like you say, it is really interesting to go along to, to a local show. And I think it's, um, it's one of those things. I don't know if you, if you watch sport, I always find when you go along in brackets to something in real life it's always smaller than you expect and i think as soon as you kind of realize that it opens up that like actually there's a lot less space there's a lot more skill involved than you can usually sort of see on tv um and again like the fan side of actually being there even in um i would say i've only ever really been to the smaller venues those small places where you've got like six or seven kids that are shouting and really getting into it and you're like that's part of it that's part of what this sport is a loose term this um sport or this form of entertainment is really about it's about that engagement um and getting those people to cheer and boo for whoever and maybe that's not as obvious now as it has been in the past but it's still that involvement of fans and kind of bringing those people into the sport Wrestling is all about relativity. Uh, If you look at anybody who's been successful from The Rock to Stone Cold to, you know, Roddy Piper, Hulk Hogan, they've had to have some sort of relativity or some sort of fantastical persona that people can relate to. For instance, Roddy Piper on the outset of things might look ridiculous. You know, it's a man pretending to be Scottish who's actually from Canada in a kilt and 
you know, but the thing is, he was very adept at understanding what people's buttons were, and he would push people's buttons. And everybody had a Roddy Piper. Everybody had the dickhead at work that would push your buttons and wind you up. Same with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold Steve Austin, all he was was a representation of working class America telling their boss to go fuck himself. That's all that was, hmm. was that that nature of... <laughs> No, I will defy authority. We were in an era, especially in the mid to late 90s, we were in the era of degenerates and rebelling against society and pushing hot buttons. You know, things were Beavis and Butthead was a thing. The Simpsons was a thing. We were becoming edgier as people instead of being the boring PC people, you know, that we either seem to be now or were back in the past. There was a real emphasis on rebellion in that point. And people love wrestling. Like you say, the kids get involved. They get excited because to them it's it's more interactive as well. That's the other thing. Interaction so key here. Because if you watch EastEnders, you can't really interact. You might be able to tweet about how you thought it was garbage or whatever, but you're never going to be able to go up to the actors and be like, boo, you've done a shit job, or I dislike what you did, or you murdered someone or whatever. There's there's no real interaction there other than the medium of entertaining yourself by watching it. Wrestling very much is the most interactive form of entertainment you can really get in this day and age. Yeah, I think you see that gradually through the, I guess, more of the push for stuff to happen through their website, through Twitter and some of the stories and things like that being leaked online before um, shows air. I think, like you say, it becomes a bigger part of... um, I guess being a fan than it was before. I mean, when you think of some of the previous WrestleMania, well, go back a few years, um, like the idea that you could have a really good idea as to who's going to come out of those matches or the storylines coming out of that, just you would never know that. And I don't think you would think you were going to know that. I mean, you might have a theory, but um, I think so many people now watch it kind of with, I guess, a lot of ideas to what's going to happen and, um, I, everyone will take it in in their own way like like we say the comparison between soaps people watch soaps and know what's going to happen um, but it's sort of you're missing out on the opportunity to have that experience of seeing it and experiencing it at the time rather than just reading it as a line of text on a tweet or on a website or something like that as well one of the things that's very important about wrestling, like, yeah, you mentioned modern era and obviously social media is so damaging actually to wrestling more so than we realize it's, mm. it's a very, that is the ultimate two edged sword because on one side, yeah, social media has grown to a point where, you know, independent companies like progress, for instance, who would have got 500 people in and that would have been it now have thousands upon thousands of people watching them online, mm. watching their Facebook live matches, going on their on demand content. And, you know, it's like six or seven pound a month to enjoy some of the best on demand independent wrestling in the world. And obviously that wasn't there at the time, but the problem is of course, the, you know, as the internet grew and became more of a tool for information as opposed to just pornography, um, the reality is that people, <laughs> it's just the reality of, of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's still a lot of porn, more porn than ever. Um, you know, and nobody's critiquing that, I assure you. But, um, yeah, the reality is dirt sheets, social media, the ability to interact with wrestlers as well. Mm. You know, 
there's so many stories from the 70s and 80s of wrestlers being jumped or stabbed in parking lots. Just like, you son of a bitch, you know, you did this to my favorite wrestler and all this kind of stuff. You just don't get that now because, you know, The Miz, for instance, people are like, oh, that that Miz is such a dick. And then you go on Twitter and he's like the coolest guy on earth. Beautiful (laughs) family, man. You're like, well, that's just ruined my suspension of disbelief. Thanks for that. Like, you know, it's, I, I personally love it, but then I like the Miz anyway. I've always been, I was always, even when I was a kid and I didn't have access to things like Twitter and the ability to check out these people's Instagram, I would always, always cheer for the bad guys because I just thought they were cool. I just found them cool. And I thought, you know, the only baby face I ever liked was Bret Hart. And the ironic thing is I enjoyed him most when he was a heel and he was anti-American and pro Canadian. So for me, the, the interaction's key. And it all comes back to that, like you say, when you see the raw nature of seven kids sitting there screaming and, you know, throwing abuse and that, you realize that, wow, no other medium, no other level of entertainment can give you this kind of interaction with so much emotion involved as well. People get unbelievably We may have had a slight technical difficulty. Yeah. God damn it. I was like halfway for a rap and I was like, no. People get, people get unbelievably. Yeah. Like, what do they get unbelievably? <laughs> yeah, people get unbelievably emotional about wrestling. My apologies for my controller just deciding to have a fear. Um, yeah, people get unbelievably emotional about wrestling, more so than they ever would their own lives. It's incredible. You know, we take things for granted, like, oh, I haven't paid my bills and things like that. But people are more angry about the fact that Roman Reigns is getting the big push at Mania than they are about settling their credit card debts. It's incredible stuff. Yeah, I'm pretty angry about that Roman Reigns stuff. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Just running. a giant ape, and I hate him. I think isn't this? Is this the fourth year? Fourth year um, in a row he'll be in the main event. Yeah. Especially if it closes, like I mean, the main. You know, they can say whatever they like. There's only ever one main event, and it's the yeah. last match of the show. And the reality is that yeah, it's likely he's going to close the show unless maybe we get the Undertaker Cena match last. Yeah, I just, I really, I really don't want to see Undertaker versus John Cena. I think I would much, I would be so on board with seeing John Cena in the crowd, pretending to be happy, and then gradually getting more and more angry towards the end of the night and just pick a fight with someone than him actually have a legitimate match. I just, I don't want to see it. I'm not interested. Um, no, well, he's very old as well, isn't he? The Undertaker, he's, he yeah. just celebrated, I think, his 53rd birthday, and it's like, come but, on. And I, I just, I don't see the value in him coming back to lose to John. So it means John Cena's going to get beaten by The Undertaker, who is, for all intents and purposes, already retired. Just seems a bit of a. Well, the big rumour is that John Cena will beat him. <sighs> so. Which, you know, is going to anger people beyond belief because that young upstart John Cena really needs a push at this point. Yeah, you know, yeah. oh, like the guy is a 16 time world champion, but ha, ah, but I haven't beaten the Undertaker at WrestleMania. <laughs> Excuse yeah. me. It's like, no, dickhead, you don't need that as well. You political bastard. Like, oh. he just, it's just the hatred of John Cena for me will never leave me. I just, there's something thoroughly unlikable about John Cena to me. A lot of people argue, like, oh, he's such an incredible man and he does charity work. It's like, yeah, so does JBL. Yeah. But JBL was and he's a dick. 
<laughs> yeah, and there's a guy who did very, very questionable things backstage with younger wrestlers. So, you know what? Yeah, I'm not really going to use the charity <laughs> markers. Do you know who else did a lot for charity? Jimmy Savile. Let's not talk about that. Oh, oh no. Oh, dearie me. Yeah, it's not a um, yeah, it's not a given, is it? I don't think it's definitely not a given. You're getting a slice of how we work on our podcast at the moment because <laughs> yeah. uh, we certainly don't pull any punches at, at the Smart Plug, that's for sure. I think um, having started to talk about the, the Roman Reigns match, uh, I think one of the things I really wanted to do is just pick maybe... Um, one or two matches um, from this year's WrestleMania uh, and maybe one or two from previous um, and have a brief sort of chat about those. Um, sure. So I haven't given you time to prepare this because I've literally just I don't need it, mate. It. I, am, okay. I am the encyclopedia of wrestling cool. for a reason. So one match that I think really stood out for me in terms of storyline at a previous WrestleMania but was I, I honestly can't tell you if the match was good or not, so I'm going to assume it wasn't. Um, but it was uh, essentially Vince McMahon versus Donald Trump, although they had oh representatives that fought for them. Just the yeah, you fact picked a treat there. Yeah. <laughs> I would just like, especially now, I oh man, I just, I guess it buys into that side of. The this is meant to be the the biggest event for this company. It's the thing that they use to get themselves into mainstream media. Um, so you do have celebrities turn up and get involved that have got no place being involved in wrestling. Um, and the current American president isn't immune to this at all. So I don't know. I don't know um, what your thoughts are on on that match in particular. WrestleMania 23, you picked an absolute belter. Um, yeah, the match wasn't great. Uh, the idea was that the representatives of each man would wrestle. Um, and I believe it was Umaga versus Bobby Lashley. And go figure, of course, Vince McMahon's team would lose because the loser would have to shave their head bald. <laughs> Like, there's no way Donald Trump would shave his head. But, I mean, his hair is as big an entity of him as his oh. own brain at this point. I'm pretty sure his hair makes up a lot of his policies. So the reality was that, yeah, we were always going to have <laughs> Donald Trump go over in this situation. And, of course, you know, uh, Vince McMahon gets his head shaved because Vince McMahon will do anything for rings. But it's it, the one thing I will say for that storyline, although it sounds preposterous in so many ways, is that it really drew people in. Yeah. Uh, my friends who live in Wisconsin, who actually live in Wisconsin, uh, Dexter, who actually works on a podcast with me, mm. um, they actually were in attendance at the Raw where Donald Trump actually dropped $100 bills on them. And they were legitimate no as well. Le legitimate $100 bills. You know, um, Dexter's friend has still got his, like, framed and everything. It was a pretty wild sort of situation to think, wow, like, you're standing there and there's actual money. And they made sure that everybody, because obviously people are scrambling and they obviously had yeah. to ensure everyone just had the one. No, but everybody had one $100 bill as almost like a kind of, refund so to speak i mean maybe they were just being <laughs> refunded because they were so disappointed i don't know but you know there was a lot of build to that the Whoa. one thing you can say about vince mcmahon is he will go to any length possible to entertain an audience even mm. if he thinks you know what he's doing is right and it may not necessarily be right he will go to extraordinary lengths even if he's making a mistake and i kind of admire that 
because, you know, he's a billionaire in his own right. He doesn't need to have his head shaved bald at WrestleMania, but he will do that. And the reality is he's actually very good friends with Donald Trump in real life. And mm. his wife works for Donald Trump. So, you know, there's there's plenty of angles there. But yeah, no, it's um, that's a good pick. Did you have any others or did you want me to bounce back with one of my own? Um, yeah, bounce back with one of yours if you've got one. Well, I mean, for me, like, obviously, I wouldn't pick, you know, the hot garbage angles. I mean, I could give you atrocious things I've seen, <laughs> but like my greatest memory of Mania is always going to be WrestleMania 17, the rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, the second mm-hmm. edition of this incredible rivalry, you know, the main event for the WWE title, the two biggest icons in the company going head to head. That for me was the greatest build of any match they've ever had at WrestleMania. Cause this, you know, this went on for almost two months, constant backstabbing. They introduced Stone Cold's wife as the rocks manager, you know, and Deborah being thrown into sort of the, the lion's den and, you know, the rock saying you know what she's not my wife she's your wife so you know Kurt Angle getting his hands on her and trying to give her the ankle lock and all this crazy stuff that you just never see now it's like what abuse towards women unacceptable but back then Vince was like whatever works for the ratings um but yeah just the incredible clash of icons not quite I suppose on the level of Donald Trump and Vince McMahon I mean (laughs) but um definitely up there i'd say like the the whole emotion of that match and you're right the match wasn't particularly great the trump versus mcmahon you know response of yeah it was just yeah yeah it's just it's trump versus mcmahon what do you expect i would have actually rather seen donald trump get in a ring and wrestle personally i think that would have been far more entertaining but the reality is he did get in and take us did he he did he yes. did take a stunner at the Austin end. Austin did stunner him at one yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. Just I couldn't remember if I'd imagined that or not. No, no yeah, it did. did actually legitimately happen, and some would argue should be happening now. <laughs> no. But um, yeah, Austin versus Rock. Like I could sit here and do an entire podcast based on that match, which no well, question that's... we will do on our Man in Mondays podcast. But the reality is that is for me the greatest moment. The match itself tells an incredible story. And at the end, Austin aligns himself with Vince McMahon, his arch enemy for so long throughout the entire attitude era and it was the culmination of everything because the week before that they bought out wcw prior to that bought out ecw they really were on top of the mountain Sixty thousand people in the houston astrodome this incredible spectacle and it's capped off with one of the greatest pieces of art wwe has ever produced in austin versus the rock 2 i think it's seen as pretty much the best wrestlemania as well i guess yes and i don't know like i it's a it's a good mania but i wonder how much sort of we look at that as a really really good one because of that main event and how much that kind of almost sells to be fair i mean in the undercard you had chris benoit versus kurt angle you had chris jericho fighting for the uh for the ic not for the ic title chris jericho was i can't remember which one it was now my brain eludes me but the quality of wrestling like yeah the undertaker versus triple h in a street fight you had tlc which was just insane yeah you know tlc2 which was the insane moment where you know jeff hardy gets speared while he's hanging from that (laughs) insane contraption with the belts you know just the whole marquee value of it i think every match delivered in some form or fashion you know you even had um Eddie Guerrero versus Test for the European title. And you're thinking, well, that shouldn't be much. But Eddie Guerrero is such an incredible worker as he would go on to, you know, accomplish as well. And everything there really had such a level of quality that you just wouldn't get in other manias and you still don't now. I mean, 
yeah, the match, obviously the main event does punctuate it, but I think it is the perfect WrestleMania. Even the ludicrous hardcore match with Raven, Big Show and Kane, you know, it's so mm. comically funny the way he, yeah. uh, you know, he ran over one of the cables and almost outed the entire power for the, you know, for the stadium, like this incredible moment, you know, Kane driving a golf cart with a referee in the back, these obscene moments you, that you would only expect to find at WrestleMania. And to be fair, when you go back and watch it, like I highly recommend it if you've got the net work where you've got a chance sit down and watch WrestleMania 17 as a whole because yeah the main event's amazing but the whole thing is beautifully delivered even the comedy battle royal you know with the old legends coming back it was great nostalgia for people who might have started watching in the early 90s or the late 80s and he also had the street fight with Vince versus Shane and the incredible moment where zombie Linda becomes self-aware and wakes up again from her coma. Oh, is that, you know, that's the same show? Yeah, that's the same WrestleMania. Oh, yeah, wow. so it's got so much to it that people don't realize. I think people are so fixated, as rightfully so, they should be with The Rock versus Austin. But I think the reason it's the pinnacle is not only because it was the pinnacle of wrestling at the time, the Attitude Era was really at the absolute utmost pinnacle it'll never get higher it would never get higher before it you know eventually flitted out and it wouldn't last much longer anyway but it was truly the apex of all these incredible storylines that everything meant something they built it perfectly everything had such an emotional aspect to it and coming out of it everything fitted beautifully so 2001 is always considered one of the greatest years in wrestling history and that wrestlemania is the punctuation of that so my next one is kind of a comparison between two and it's I guess a comparison because we can look back on both of these matches as previous years and how we view like the to me the Hogan versus Rock um match again mm. I don't think uh as a spectacle it was amazing but how you felt watching it was very um involved i guess um you definitely yeah. felt like i'm watching something here compared to um then in later years we get um cena versus rock which arguably is essentially the same match because of their roles um mm. and how much that doesn't feel as special now i don't know if it at the time maybe it felt more special or the fact that we've seen two versions of that match makes a difference um, but I feel like the Hogan Rock one was such a big, iconic moment. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on those two and how they compare. What's really... It's actually a cracking comparison because, obviously, WrestleMania 18 in Toronto, Canada, of all places, you've got, you know, the American dream, American-made Hulk Hogan versus The Rock. It really was the greatest icon of, you know, the late 80s and early 90s against the greatest I icon of the late 90s to 2000s. They were the transitional two big stars. Austin is the guy who saved the WWF, and Austin is considered one of the greatest of all time, and rightfully so. But The Rock is the character. He's the persona. And Hulk Hogan was the persona from that era. And he comes in as NW. And if you watch it back, it's probably about 70 or 80% in favor of Hulk Hogan over The Rock, actually, despite the fact The Rock was supposed to be the good guy and Hogan. You know, I think it was about two or three weeks prior uh, before this, the NWO had run a 
semi-freight truck straight into the side of an ambulance containing The Rock. And then three weeks later, people are like, boo, The Rock, he's not as legendary as Hulk Hogan. You almost died in an ambulance, but you're scum to me for this night alone. And very strange, very strange how wrestling fans can find themselves on that thing. The reason it's an interesting comparison is because there's so many things involved. I think one of the reasons, because there was a lot of backlash to Cena versus The Rock, and rightfully so, because it was hot garbage. Both matches were crap because um, they've wrestled each other twice. I think it was diluted as well because we were told once in a lifetime, John Cena versus The Rock. Now, I hate John Cena. It's no, you know, everybody knows this. So I wanted The Rock to kick his ass, even though The Rock is the movie star who never turns up anymore, but he's going to come back and win the title and shit all over the entire division. And as you do, this is where social media takes such a form and an interest because at this point, everybody knows what's going on. Everybody knows a year later because they announced this main event a year in advance. I'll see mm. you next year at WrestleMania, the night after Mania. Very special kind of idea. So you know a year in advance what the main event is going to be. It's going to be Rock yeah. Cena. So you're thinking, okay, well, so the year goes by and you don't really care. It wasn't a great year for wrestling anyway. It's pretty <laughs> atrocious. You know, we we had the sort of... Yeah, we had some pretty bad angles. Like like I say, I mean, see our podcast for the amount of crap we have to sit for <laughs> at the times. Um, so it comes around. But the problem was, obviously, people are aware. Now, people didn't know Hogan and The Rock was going to happen back at WrestleMania 18 until, obviously, it's announced or they're getting close to it. It was just a pipe dream. Whereas nowadays, it's like, well, it's so bleedingly obvious. We know a year in advance. The match is actually comparable in a lot of ways because both matches aren't great. Hulk Hogan was always a garbage wrestler. If you go back and watch Hulk Hogan in, when he was young, he was terrible. He was always crap. He was never good. Never good. He was a persona. And just like John Cena, very limited, but very charismatic and very loud and obnoxious and colorful. Very atypical of your American stereotype. That's why people got excited about hogan versus the rock but it had more of an edge as well because it was black and white hollywood hulk hogan mm -hmm. not haha you know look at my yellow and red and my rather suspiciously vegas stripper looking tassels that i wear around my neck you know all that kind of stuff there was a lot to it a lot of edge a lot of emotion and the one thing i will say is both men were able to sell the moment whereas mm -hmm. the rock and cena in this day and age just seemed a bit cheesy, a bit tacky. It was like John Cena was like, aha, I'm a giant muscular white man who looks like he's made out of Lego heads. But for some reason, I talk like I'm black because I think I'm black and I dress in jean shorts and trainers and just doesn't really. So when you look at John Cena and The Rock, you've got the monstrously oversized Rock now, who obviously mm. is he's freakishly huge. And he's the, you know, he's a face of so many film franchises. He's one of the big Hollywood stars of action films, at least. And then on the other side of things, you've got this man who's still wrestling, who is still dressing like he's five years old in his mum's back garden, wearing his vanilla ice knockoff gear and acting as if he's black when he's clearly not and pretending he's a Marine when he's clearly not. And the whole thing just <laughs> doesn't scream iconic as well as 
the other matches and then it's compounded by the fact the match is garbage and frankly the crowd were pretty tepid as well the original one wasn't bad the second one imagine telling your fan base or imagine telling anyone like can you imagine obviously coming next week on mike's open journal we have a very special guest a one-of-a-kind guest you're only getting to see him once and then saying about two months later oh we might actually have him back again for the <laughs> second in a lifetime yeah. and your audience will only take so much crap before they think don't insult my intelligence Intelligence. That's something I always remember a line that Dutch Mantel said on the Monday Night War. He said, wrestling fans are the most loyal fans in the world until you slap them in the face. And that's what they do. They slap you in the face regularly now because there's no other place to go. You can't run off and watch WCW anymore. You can't get your hardcore fix from ECW. You can go and watch Impact. But honestly, it's a bit shit. So you may as well sit here and just take it on the chin or become a fully fledged indie fan like a lot of us have. Yeah. And even then, they've tried to corner that market by pilfering as much talent as possible so it's a case of two generations we were still in that generation of enjoying wrestling as an art form and as a form of entertainment more than we were as haha it's a socially media driven thing like if you watch raw or smackdown now you can't move without seeing the instagram logo the hashtag the twitter feeds everything it is all over it to the point where it's too saturated whereas back then it wasn't it was still an entertainment art form as opposed to a social media entertainment art form. I think the one good thing, I guess, of the the Cena Rock matchup, um, and I can't tell you which for which match it is, whether it's the first one or the second one, um, but I remember there being a really um, a kind of good exchange of you'd get one person one week. Um, with their promo then the other person the next week with their promo and I actually quite enjoyed the you know like usually you want to p- see people square up or be face to face but they could mm. deliver a really good promo as long as they weren't together there were really nice promos but again, again sort of shows how much they blurred together um, I can't tell you whether that was for the first or the second matchup but um, I believe they, it's the first one is it the first one so were there no promos for the second one or the second one, the problem with the second one was that CM Punk was the champion at Royal Rumble. So he defended it against The Rock. And then in a rematch, which, of course, he lost it. He lost at the Rumble. So imagine being CM Punk. You know, you've mm-hmm. been champion for a year and a half. And it's like, hey, you see this giant roided up guy over here who hasn't wrestled in about eight years uh, other than the one match against Sean Cena. He's going to come in and take your belt, if you don't mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, that obviously gets the ire of wrestling fans because they're aware of what's going on, uh, despite the fact that, you know, CM Punk was obviously one of the most polarizing and entertaining characters that people have ever seen, especially in the modern era. People were still kind of on board with The Rock. But then, you know, John Cena wins the Rumble the same night and you're thinking, oh, dear God, <laughs> they're going to do it <laughs> you again. You know what's happening. You know, you what's, know what's happening. John Cena's like, ha, 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 I've won the Rumble. I'm ready to steal another spot off someone else. And you think, oh, no. <laughs> no, here it goes. You can just I... see Cena rubbing his hands backstage going, whose career am I going to shit on? next you know he can't wait he really can't wait to get in there and um you know it was yeah the build was fine but it wasn't it wasn't nearly on a patch of the first one and even then i didn't think the first one was that great although you did mention the promos and i did enjoy seeing cena come out as the master of fugonomics one more time the doctor of fugonomics the only version of him that i'm okay with um yeah i think uh, in my mind i feel like this is the first time where we see the belt basically just be used 
um, kind a of as a prop. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. okay, you've got a great champion. There's a great storyline going on over there. Well, actually, what's happening now is we're coming around to our main show. On the main show, we want to have our big names. We're going to have um, Cena and Rock, so, uh, and we need Cena to win. So Rock's going to go in with a title. So, okay, you, you're going to lose to him. And then I think we see the same sort of thing in the last couple of years with um, Triple H picking it up and then dropping it at Mania. Um, and the same with Goldberg. It's kind of short runs to get this, um, I don't know, maybe the person that's a little bit more mainstream goes in with the title and they can lose it to this other guy that we want to get sort of pushed um, at the main. I don't, I don't know. I just, I think that in my head, that's kind of the first time I remember really seeing that happen. Yeah, and ever since, actually, they've never really recovered. Daniel Bryan won the title at WrestleMania 30. Following on from this crazy Rock Cena nonsense, you know, the first time Rock and Cena had the collision was obviously it was, um, I believe it was Cena versus The Miz, actually, for the title and the Rock costume. And that's what basically led to them having the match the following year. Mm. You know, so the first match was marketed as, you know, this incredible clash of champions. So nobody even remembers the fact that there was a WWE title match that night. <laughs> yeah, Cause everyone's like, I'm sorry, what? Oh, it's Roxena. So nobody cares. And then the following year, they've actually got the belt. And like you say, that's the first time where it was just a prop for two icons. Um, it's such a tepid moment as well. When Cena lifts the belt at the top of the ramp and the whole place just goes, Nah, yeah. <laughs> nah, you're all right, mate. I've seen it about 500 times. I don't care. <laughs> that, you know, people were tuned out. They did makes not care. Me, um, it makes me think of um, a completely different um, ending to another show where we had um, actually to back tell this a little bit. Our, our mutual friend Drew, um, I'd mm. gone around to see Drew and we were going to sit down and watch. Um, I forget which number WrestleMania, the one with Sting. Um, and he That's acci- 31. yeah, he accidentally fast forwarded <laughs> right to the end. Oh dear! <laughs> so we, we saw um, before we've watched any of the show, um, Seth Rollins standing at the top with the title. <laughs> Good job, Drew. Nice job there, mate. Well done. Oh dear Lord Almighty! <laughs> and I, I like, would have oh. crucified him as a diehard fan. I, I said, would have actually been furious. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> It's fine, it's fine, uh, but I just, I really want to know how it happens. <laughs> and, um, yeah, like, the complete opposite of that, then, to have, um, like, that main event where everyone was suddenly, like, just, yeah, it was a massive change, a big change to kind Electric. of predicted storyline, and, yeah, that was a really good ending, and probably, I really enjoyed the, the Brian storyline and him winning, as you mentioned, but... Mm. Um, I kind of really enjoyed the storyline up until the point where I was like, oh, okay, they've now incorporated it as this is what's going to happen. Um, and having him have two matches on that mania, it was really clear he was going to win rather mm. than the Seth cashing in storyline, which I honestly didn't see coming. Um, no, nobody had ever than, cashed like, in a mania before. Yeah, either. I think I'd heard stories like the week leading up to it so i was like mm, it feels like this is probably what's going to happen but it was still a surprise to see it um and a really cool ending to uh, a 
fairly decent match from Roman. I actually I really enjoyed Roman Brock. <laughs> I thought it was a great match. You, you, you really had a hard time saying that, didn't you? Because you oh, hate God. Roman Reigns. But yeah. It's just, oh. get get over it. Like, he's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you, have to, you have to accept that he's not that bad. But yeah, no, that match was actually really good. Like, yes. Roman Reigns got one of the better matches out of Lesnar I've ever seen. Yeah. I still maintain to this day, Lesnar has not had a match as good as that since. He just hasn't. Probably, yeah, probably not. It's, I really liked that the... I liked the story of the Goldberg matchups, um, oh, and I liked. God. No, I, I liked. <laughs> I the, hated them. <laughs> I did like the, um, I guess the mix-up of having short matches because we're so used to matches that are a lot longer than they really need to be. In all honesty, and I get a bit fed up sometimes with this. Part of the storyline is person one is meant to be absolutely amazing, and person two is only okay. Well, why are they having a 20-minute match? Surely the person that's amazing should be able to sort this out. And I did like the, actually, okay, yeah, Brock's amazing, but he comes in and you're like, the storyline is he completely underestimates this other guy, so the other guy wins because it's a quick match. Like, if it was a long match, of course he's not going to win. And that's what you see is when the longer match happens is when he picks up the win. So I kind of like that storyline element that, I guess, yeah, the time of the match sort of played into that, I just, yeah, I don't feel like we really see that in any other, or I don't really feel like I see it that often. I think one of the biggest problems is it's a real, especially with WrestleMania, one of the repeat concoctions I'm seeing now is bring back the old guy or the legend, have him run over your talent for a couple of months and then lose at WrestleMania to the current star. The Goldberg and Brock Lesnar is a really obnoxious rivalry because it's like, here's a guy who hasn't wrestled in what? Four 14, 15 years. Here's a guy that only wrestles five times a year. That's your title match. Fuck you. Like Vince McMahon, like just sitting backstage cackling like, you're getting nothing. I like it. He's just so proud of the fact that he is completely dumped. He's like, I want to see two giants beat each other up and I don't care what my audience wants. So this you don't want moment. what you want. Exactly. That's what Vince always says. You don't like what you like he always says that and yeah it's it's so true this whole thing is a playground for one angry narcissistic lunatic who has way too much money at his disposal yeah i think i'm going to try and tie us into this um mania as we start to come towards the end of our little rambles um and there's two matches i kind of want to talk about um for for this year's and then if you've got one that you can add in as well um that'd be cool um so the first one again ties into my um kind of the goldberg discussion is the kurt angle and ronda rousey versus triple h and stephanie mcmahon (laughs) um and again that idea that we're uh, arguable um but kurt and triple h are at the same level they're great professionals they've been at the top of the game for a long time they're kind of the past so you're left with the comparison between ronda and stephanie how is that meant to be a match <laughs> like, if this isn't over it better it's be than, a massacre <laughs> if it's less if it's more than three minutes i don't know what they're doing absolutely ridiculous this should be a very very short mm. match in my book um i want to think- see Kurt and Triple H take each other out uh, and then Ronda and Stephanie get in there and it lasts like two minutes. 
that's what I think they're going to try and lean on. I think they were going to have Stephanie baiting Ronda the whole match. Went, ha, 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 staying on the outside, being a colossal prick as always. And Triple H basically wrestling. So what you're going to get is Triple H versus Kurt Angle with the finish being Ronda Rousey, mm. giving her an arm bar probably and breaking her arm hopefully. But the reality is that, yeah, you're not going to actually get a great deal of Ronda Rousey. I'd actually be far more interested in Ronda Rousey versus Triple H than I am yes. the actual tag match because I think she could actually whip his ass. Yes. I, I, I really think she could beat the crap out of him if she and wanted. I, I did wonder early doors whether there was a potential for that um, after having the stuff with um, Ellsworth last year where oh, he had... Lord. the thanks for the, reminding but me of he that. Had, <laughs> you're welcome. He had the match-up with Becky and I'm like, oh, okay, so... There is kind of a, a loose precedent for a male versus female match, but just it's not going to happen at WrestleMania. Um, potentially, if it was a smaller pay-per-view, maybe we'd get away with that. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, yeah, especially with the media eyes watching and the world watching, I don't think they're going to risk. I mean, they might do the, ah, oh, Stephanie accidentally got speared by Roman Reigns or Stephanie accidentally yeah. got knocked off the ring. This is what happens with Stephanie. She spends the whole year being an egotistical lunacy and then at WrestleMania, she's supposed to eat shit. That's basically what happens. And, you know, last year she got knocked off the apron and went for a table by her own husband's, which is very amusing to me. And then, <laughs> you know, the year before she accidentally gets... <laughs> battered by Roman Reigns and there was a little proportion of people who were outraged by this whole concept and Stephanie Mann's like I did have a choice I didn't like turn up and Triple H was like just spear Stephanie whether she likes it or not it doesn't work that way (laughs) oh dear again it's all scripted Yeah, relax, guys. It's not yeah. real. I do know some yeah. people who are like, and there you- are people, you'd be amazed how many people interact with my podcast on a daily basis and attack me for like, how can you, how can you like such a heinous act? I remember when Seth Rollins turned on the shield and people were tweeting me going, that's disgusting. He betrayed his brothers. It's not bloody real. He hasn't, he hasn't like, he's not attacking them in their hotel room going, you're scum. I'm going to beat the crap out of you and join evolution. Oh, it doesn't work that way. Oh, also with the Stephanie stuff, who do you think's writing the script? <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, have you, before I pick my second one, um, have you got a matchup that you're really looking forward to or that's your standout? The, the problem with this WrestleMania is there's so many talents I love and so many great matches, but I care very little about many of them because the build has been utter garbage. Um, Case in point, there hasn't been a build, but the match itself will be incredible. Charlotte versus Asuka for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I think that's going to steal the show. I think that's going to be an incredible, incredible match. Obviously, it comes down to how much time are they willing to give two premier athletes. But when you look at the card itself, there aren't many matches where you're thinking these are legitimately the two best in the entire company at what they do. And I think this is it. These are probably the best two women by some margin right now in terms of their body of work and what they've done. You know, you're talking about multiple time uh, triple crown winner as well in Charlotte against a woman who hasn't lost in three years in Asuka. Mm. This incredible collision. It does feel like a, almost like one of them Marvel superhero collisions. You know, it's very much got the Captain America versus Iron Man kind of feel to it. Um, you know, there, there's matches that I think will be a dark horse. I think the IC tri- title triple threat match with Finn Balor, The Miz and Seth Rollins will be a world-class match mm. and could end up being one of the dark horses. But 
I was zoned in on Charlotte versus Asuka. Everyone's going to say Nakamura versus AJ Styles, but the build's been crap. And I'm one of the few people who truly believes Nakamura is not that good in WWE and that upsets people, but I don't care. I don't share from my opinion. I've seen enough to know that he just hasn't been that entertaining. No, I think I... I like the stuff that I've seen of Nakamura in other places. In WWE, it's not been great. I still mark for the entrance. I know I shouldn't, but I do. I love oh, the entrance. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. I love It'll the entrance. It'll get boring eventually. It'll get boring. Like the Undertaker's entrance. Do you remember how, remember how amazing the Undertaker's entrence was when you were a kid? You're like, oh my God, the lighting and the smoke. 25 years later, would you hurry up and hurry get up. to the ring, please? <laughs> I need to have a piss. You are like, boring me. <laughs> yeah. As you become an adult, those things lose their joy so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i i agree i think the the title match for the women's title is going to be really good i think i'm i'm hoping that because there's uh the two separate women's title matches um the charlotte versus Asuka match is clearly the better match and so that one's going to be given oh, yeah. more time um and i think the other one potentially is going to end up being quite a short one you'd imagine um, it well no pun intended but you'd imagine yeah, it to be quite just, the massacre wouldn't you you'd hope I, so at least yeah i just can't see them giving that much time bearing in mind there's uh, a women's battle royal as well just i can't yeah. see that much time but they got the giving... pre-show as well haven't they i mean last True, year yeah. wrestlemania went like seven hours <laughs> it was insane <laughs> i was like can i please go to bed i have work in an hour and a half and i'm drunk you seriously um, need a bank holiday after that <laughs> yeah i'm grateful that i'm off the day after but, but this is ironic this is like the first year of many where i have the day off after wrestlemania but oh. ironically enough this is the first time in my football club's 133 no. in the street and we'll be playing at Wembley and it's the same day as Wrestlemania so I've got to watch Lincoln City my beloved Lincoln play Shrewsbury I'm going to be so trashed it won't even be humanly possible to even understand what I'm saying and yet I've then got somehow sober get coffee and I'm like right now it's time for nine hours of wrestling like please let my body rest it will never rest oh man that yeah that's not gonna happen it's gonna gonna be be, insane it's gonna be pretty (laughs) colors that's all you're gonna remember it's gonna be a special weekend my yeah the other match I was gonna mention again um you obviously mentioned it there was uh Ms. Seth Rollins Finn Balor um I think that's gonna be the best match um or it's definitely got the potential not Reigns versus Lesnar not for me no (laughs) (laughs) are you gonna turn it off when it gets to that point no I'm done thanks bye (laughs) I'm just gonna assume that Brock wins and be happy with that (laughs) you are going to assume wrong (laughs) oh Oh, dude that's why I'm the worst at the predictions because sometimes you're just like this is what I want to happen I'm gonna give you an inside scoop that I tell some people not everybody else but everyone's gonna hear if they listen but pick if you do take part in pvp we're doing a special one for mania there's going to be a pot vinyl and t-shirts up for grabs if you do do one think of it as if you were vince mcmahon what will piss off my audience most (laughs) and then you will win things that is why i keep doing so well because i think what will wind up the audience the most this 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 and this oh dear it works every time i promise you (laughs) it's made me laugh a couple of times because uh, I know 
there was one of the pay-per-views and <laughs> I'd actually managed to get my predictions in and you're like, yeah, guess who's joined last? <laughs> yeah, you did take the wooden spoon. Like, being joined last with poor Jay Miller, who has lost every <laughs> single PvP by some margin, he's always been last, bless him, um, except for oh. one show. And he's always <laughs> losing. Like, our singles matches that we have are, like, fun little things where people can face off against each other. He's lost every time. He's never won a single one. And you were joined last with him, and I thought, oh, dear, that's not a good, uh, not a good place to be. You could be oh. James Ellsworth for the week. <laughs> At least you got a bigger chin than him. Yeah. Oh dear me. Um, yeah, I think there's some, like you say. I think we said it kind of at the beginning. There's some really pretty potentially amazing matchups on the yeah. card. It's just seeing what happens on the day. I think they pretty much all failed in terms of the build. Um, Are you watching it live? Just out of curiosity. Um, probably not. Ah, the classic British think. technique of having to go to work the next day and watching yeah, it when you get back. I think I'm trying to. Think, I can't think which one it is. I've only ever. I th- I've watched one live before, but I, I I couldn't tell you which one it was. Um, but I've, yeah, I've literally watched one. Um, I don't know if it was last year or the year before. Um, and I was in the same situation this year. Like, I just didn't have work on the Monday. I was quite fortunate. Mm. Um, but for how often that's going to happen. But that was, like, one of my things. I was like, because I, I feel like the going there is too expensive and potentially unrealistic. Um, yes. So my thing was to, like, I, I wanted to watch one live. And it was yeah. cool. It was definitely very cool to watch it live. And it's nice to not have that. Like, oh, I've got to try and find something on a certain site yeah. without got to hide seeing from Twitter and Facebook for the day the, as well. Yeah, and you've got a, it's they always use a um, a thumbnail that is the person who wins the title at the end. Yeah, like, come on, <laughs> what, what do you think I'm watching this for? <laughs> yeah, life into my hands and try and charge a social yeah, media as well. How, like, how, how can I stitch you up even more? Put the <laughs> bloody logo on there or something. Don't give me the final shot. Um, well, yeah, you could always I, ask Drew. He'd be able to sort you out. <laughs> yeah, well, it might be a chance to have a catch-up as well and sort of go and That's see him. That's a good point. Uh, I might send him a message. Just make sure he doesn't fast-forward too quickly. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> Just like it turns out that like CM Punk comes back this year and all you see is CM Punk standing there and laughing, standing over the prone corpse of Roman Reigns. <laughs> like, no! Like, oh, Why have you done this again, Drew? <laughs> oh, dear me. No, I think yeah, it could be it could be like I say a really good one. A couple of those matches, I want to see short to mix up, um, to mix up the card to make some of those bouts a bit more realistic. Um, and yeah, like I say, because the builds haven't been there or haven't been good, it's relying on the matches being good. I think to to take full advantage of what should be a really good event because of the card. Um, at least mm. that's how I feel about it. Yeah, I mean, the problem is that it's not like another... For instance, if you watch EastEnders regularly, I know I go back to it a few times, mainly because I just want to dump on it because I hate EastEnders. <laughs> um, I just, yeah, I just I have a real amount of abhorrent hatred for them. Um, 
EastEnders, if you watch six episodes of EastEnders and literally nothing happens, like half an hour every week of just, I don't know, whoever's on it, Phil Mitchell or whatever, just sitting there doing paperwork and getting drunk and nothing going on. And then in the seventh episode, someone gets shot in the head. You're going to be like, what the hell? It really (laughs) jars you. And wrestling is that kind of thing. You can't just kind of ignore it and be like, here's AJ Styles versus Nakamura. They haven't really done anything, but you're going to love it because it's 25 minutes long and they're world-class. You're like, thanks. That's great. It's a great match, but I have no emotional investment in it. Wrestling is all about your emotional connection, your emotional investment. And if you just turn up, you know, it's, it's great for the casual fan to watch because they're like, oh, look at a pomp and circumstance. My partner, for instance, she loves watching it and thinking, you know, she I showed her the Rusev entrance with the tank from WrestleMania 31. And she was like, oh, my God, a tank. I'm like, yes, exactly my point. I freaked out. But, you know, then you, and the Terminator entrance as well. Surprise, Triple H has got oh. the biggest budget of any entrance. Yeah. Go figure. <laughs> hey, my friend Nick Payne <laughs> loves Triple H. He'll be listening to this podcast going, yeah, get out, leave, leave Triple H alone. <laughs> no, he's hot garbage. He deserves it. But I mentioned Nick, actually. One thing I will say about WrestleMania and um, my friend Nick, he's, he's been become one of my closest friends. He's one of our listeners. He's like a brother to me. He's great fun because... He just said to me, WrestleMania is coming up. Be happy. I thought, oh, great. Another WrestleMania with no build. But what do you watch WrestleMania for? For the entertainment, for the fun. Mm. And Nick's one of those fans who, you know, he's really onto something there. And it's a really good point. Watch it for the entertainment value. If you're not, you know, if you listen to this podcast and you're thinking, well, I watched WWE every now and then or I haven't watched it for a few years. Get hold of it however you can. Grab your net mate's network ID, whatever you have to do. Um sit down and just watch it for the pomp and circumstance, you know, it taking the color, taking the sound, taking the excitement, because the one thing WrestleMania is always going to be guaranteed is a great amount of American pomp and circumstance. It's the same as the Super Bowl in American football. You may not necessarily get a great game, but you're always going to have a fantastic mm. spectacle. And that's really what WrestleMania is about. The spectacle and just take it all in, and just try and enjoy it from that aspect. If you're not really that hot on the wrestlers or you're not really excited about the card as a whole. And I think as well, like some of the matches that we've looked back on, we pretty much had all, not all, most of the matches we've spoken about, they weren't great matches, but it was the story that sort of went into it. And it's the feeling it's given you as well. So there's a lot there. And I think some people will take one thing from them and some people will take something else. So, it's definitely hmm. worth kind of giving it a go. And I think even because so I'd say I watch, I pretty much watch all of the pay-per-views um, and then the stuff that's each week. I just watch highlights. I haven't, I've, I don't have. It's what most of our hosts do. They're so angry. <laughs> at watching. I don't have. I, well, I say I don't have the time. That's probably a lie. I don't have the. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have. That level of, <laughs> yeah, I don't have that level of investment to want to watch it for six or seven hours every week. But to take in an hour, two hours over a week, yeah, um, and that's enough to kind of keep you on board. Um, and like we say, even if you just jump in at some of the big pay per views, that can be enough to some of it spelt out pretty simply for you who is a good person who is a bad person and you make your own judgments on that so Mm. um i think it's been really cool to talk through um a little bit about why we love wrestling and a little bit about some of the different matches and um obviously with wrestlemania coming up in a couple of weeks time um Mm. 
And to get a little bit of an insight early doors as well about your podcast, um, I don't know if you want to tell us a little bit about some of the stuff that you've got kind of coming up or going on um, at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be smart plug if we didn't shill the living crap out of what we're doing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of like one of our gimmicks now is trying to sell T-shirts during ad breaks just to why people are knowing. People love it. It's like an in-joke now. It's like, oh, did someone mention T-shirts? Speaking of T-shirts, you can get up. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I really at- want you to do to have have like an ad break in your show but then the ad break could be you guys doing the ad oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> what like stone cold when he interrupts his podcast yeah. it's like uh, we'll get back to our guests but let me tell you about t plus what yeah. <laughs> that kind of stuff incredible work i love those podcasts whatever they're just amazing how austin will be like in deep 40 but like yeah wrestlemania 17 was such a big thing but let me talk to you about ddp yoga what say <laughs> <laughs> such a random thing um yeah, so our podcast, it's a lot of podcasts over one encompassing name. So it's the Smart Plug. Yeah, we get it. Cheesy uh, wordplay. But basically the idea is, uh, at the Smart Plug, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're also available on Facebook. You can follow us on Facebook and all the usual sort of media things. We've also got a Snapchat, which is just Smart Plug, and the same for the Instagram Smart Plug as well. So you can check out all the social media links on the websites and everything. The website is smartplug.podbean.com. We run through Podbean. Uh, I know you're a SoundCloud SoundCloud man then as well. So Yeah, just me there's a. Yeah, you've uh, you've moved on to a bigger world. We're still down in the uh, the mid card, so to speak, of uh, podcast descriptions with Bob Bean, but it works well for us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's whatever works for you, isn't it? I think I've yes I did yeah. a little chat with some guys the other day, and I was like, you can do it for free. And I said, to be honest with you, you can. Yeah. It's it's really long winded and it's hard to set up, but once you've done it, it's the best way to start um, because then you can work out what's important to you, how often you want to do stuff, what you're doing, and. There's so many different payment options and um, I I have to say, yeah, I've loved the simplicity of uploading since I've gone over to SoundCloud. I think that's been the best thing for me. Um, It's probably the same on other um, pay-to-use stuff, but... Yeah, 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 it's very similar on popping for us. Very simple, uh, easy statistics to work. So, you know, if anyone out there is listening and thinks, oh, I I would love to give podcasts a crap, it's a case of just having the drive and the get-up and go. You know, I had no equipment and just bought myself a laptop and went from there, you know, used an Xbox Live server to get it going. And it can be as easy as you want it to be. And then Mm. you can grow it from there as you learn. It's one of those things you really can um, learn as you do, so to speak. But yeah, um, you know, all our social media links all come under Smart Plug. And obviously with WrestleMania, that's where we're really kicking in. We're just like an actual company in that respect. So we sell T-shirts. You can get them at smartplug.bigcartel.com. If you follow us on Twitter, the link's on there. So that's my cheap T-shirt shield, as I mentioned. But yeah, check out the T-shirts. We're always uploading different designs. And we try and cater them to our audience as well. I don't just say, hmm, my ego thinks this would look good and stick that on a T-shirt. <laughs> I legitimately ask a lot of our fans. We're always running polls. We're always speaking in private groups chats you know there's a multitude of ways you can get involved in it. so if you like wrestling at all we really do have something for everybody you know we have week in the universe where we cover wwe's current product every single week manic mondays is coming back uh, which is great news for us we're doing a wrestlemania special and then we'll be doing a weekly show after that again so season two of manic mondays manic mondays is basically for those who might not watch wrestling now but loved it back in the day or even both we uh, discuss things like old tna rivalries like when aj styles was really good we discuss the attitude era crazy wcw stuff like why in god's name would you put the title on david arquette that's all on there. <laughs> 
there. <laughs> Loads of old school stuff. We also do the Indie 50 where we cover independent wrestling and also NJPW. So if you like NJPW or independent wrestling, Kenny Omega and Bullet Club and the like, that's there too. Um, not as much right now because uh, unfortunately Reyes, who's one of our main hosts, he's not there. But we are going to be picking up, especially this year with Progress and Rev Pro running so many big shows. We're going to actually be at a lot of these shows. So that's the other thing as well. We've always got hosts of shows. So, you know, if you notice we're there, come over. We'll buy you a drink. We'll get a chat going. You know, we love conversation. We love meeting people in person. And we've made so many friends because of that. But yeah, that's kind of our content. We obviously do the pay per view reviews as well. And then we cap it off with PvP. So hashtag smart plug PVP. And the idea is it's pot vinyl predictions. So what we do every pay-per-view, you send in your predictions uh, normally with a couple of tiebreakers just to kind of, you know, spice things up and make sure there's not too much nonsense or any shenanigans. And the idea is that whoever gets the most right gets a pot vinyl. Obviously, because WrestleMania is a big deal, we're looking to up the ante. So what we're doing, we're giving away a pot of vinyl and a t-shirt to whoever wins a uh, t-shirt of your choice. Obviously you won't try and force you to have the Jurassic smart one, although that is my personal favorite. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the idea is, yeah, that'll be there. Dexter Critchman, very kindly. I'm uh, my American host. Um, he's actually kindly offered to buy a pot of vinyl on a t-shirt to anyone who can predict both battle Royal winners, the women's and the men. So if you can get them both right, Dexter Critchman will cough up the money or the, uh, present for you and he will make sure that you get a t-shirt and a pot vinyl so Ooh. you know we've got so there is some added incentive there there's not just the two but also what we're doing um for anyone who doesn't know basically we do pvp has now incorporated rivalries so if you've got a friend at home if you're sitting here listening to this and thinking my mate thinks he knows everything about wrestling he's always giving it all that you can put your money where your mouth is because what we do is we say go on our twitter use the hashtag smart plug pvp for this one it'll be hashtag smart plug pvp mania go figure you normally have the pay-per-view on there in some form or fashion go on there challenge whoever you know as long as they're on twitter and say um yeah I can predict better than you and basically make like a wrestling promo of your own out of it. Some of our people, you know, what it was, was originally me and the host Dexter. We're always giving each other a lot of stick. And so I just said to him, do you know what? I'll whip your ass. (laughs) All of a sudden there's like shovels involved and threatening involved. And we're we're sending promos to each other over Twitter and people are getting involved. And before you knew it, everybody else was like, I want a slice of that. And so, you know, um, two of our well-known listeners, Kyle and Rachel, are like a renowned sort of, you know, we take the mick out of them for being a couple, even though they're not. And they're sort of like, you know, the queen and, you know, her lap dog, so to speak. So they're always a tag team and they're always offering tag teams out. So we're actually going to do uh, a tag team thing format as well and hopefully we'll be able to offer a t-shirt uh, to each of the winners of that as well we're not entirely sure because obviously there's so much in terms of production now and mm. i basically run everything by myself and the guys just chip in where they can so i'm sort of juggling all these incredible different caveats but long story like, short yeah is, i'll do that yeah i'll do that yeah, yeah i'll do that oh, pretty shit. much <laughs> yeah I'm like oh jesus christ what more do you people want like you're just bleeding <laughs> me dry at this point i mean, i'm turning into a an angry vince but man like the people don't want but they what I'm just gonna start getting really angry and just shouting at people from a dark room with a headset on which is essentially how i record the podcast if i'm being frank and honest but yeah basically put follow the smart plug wherever you can find us facebook twitter twitter is the best place to go obviously we do live uh, updates on snapchat now and we do periscopes on twitter as well so you've always got a chance to have your say 
You can DM us what you think of Raw and SmackDown, and we will include all your opinions and thoughts on all the shows. It really is hashtag for the fans. So find Smart Plug however you can. Subscribe. It's on iTunes. It's on all the usual places. I use Podcast Addict. You can use any app on Android or um, iOS to find us. It's not a problem. We're available on pretty much everything. We're even available on TuneIn Radio now as well, which is really cool. We're trying to get on Spotify, but Spotify are just being a bit assholeish about it. Apparently, you have to have 10,000 listeners, dedicated listeners a week, I think, to be on Spotify, which is why they're so difficult to get on. But yeah, find the smart plug. Look for smart plug. That's S-M-A-R-K plug. Look for that and you're set and uh, we'll lead you from there. Contact me any way you wish via email or whatever. And uh, yeah, we'll get you involved because it isn't just, you know, us talking about wrestling. It's a community and you're as big a part of it as we are. Cool. Well, thank you very much for coming on and talking about my pleasure. Everything wrestling and WrestleMania. And oh, yes. look I've forward... got hours of wrestling in. <laughs> look forward to your approximate 30 second gap between recording with me and going off to record your own podcast. I'm literally jumping shit. <laughs> yeah. Did I mention that we're available on iTunes? Subscribe and listen to me and see. Ran about SmackDown this week. Yeah. um, No, thank you very much for your time. It's lovely to catch up with you again. It's been a while since I was on. Um, Yeah, it'd be lovely to get back on and just go. I know I haven't really had a chance to chat about the mental health side of things that uh, wrestling brings. But going on as well. See, um, I'll probably chat with you about that a little bit later because there's a couple of things going on that'd be cool to always got time to talk mental health. um, Always. Yeah, is there any no. chance I can shill my uh, Just Giving page while I'm here as well? Yes, go for it, go for it. So, um, yeah, uh, September the 15th or 16th, better get that right, because if I turn up the wrong day, I'm going to look a bit stupid. But uh, I'm going to be running the 10K uh, at Kew Gardens in Richmond in South London uh, in aid of Mind, the mental health charity, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners already know. Yeah. Um, so if you want to donate, justgiving.com slash Amir for mental health. Amir spelled A-M-E-R. That's, of course, my first name. So it's Amir for mental health. Uh, you can go there, whatever you can donate, obviously. Please uh, don't hesitate to. And obviously, if you can't donate, which I fully understand, if you can retweet the link or send it to everybody else, at the end of the day, it benefits you know people across the world, and especially in this country when it comes mm. to mental health. So you know that's yeah. uh, that's just my little two cents that I'm I kind of will... doing. I will... I'll find the link on your on your Twitter and I'll add it into the description as well. So people There's also, um, I believe she might have spoken to you already, but my partner's actually doing the 113-mile walk from Fulham yes. to Birmingham. Yes. Or Carp, gonna, so, yeah. We're so, going to try uh, and she, work something out so we can get that on as an episode as well. Yeah, because if you want to donate that, uh, donate to that, that's um, if you find her um, her Twitter handle, which is at Lemon Rainbows, you can find out all the details. But I thought uh, she'd frankly murder me if i didn't mention it so, um, <laughs> so good, i gave you a little shout out <laughs> we'll never get laid again it has to be said um no, no seriously uh uh yeah check out the calm zone that's a wonderful thing that's really trying to push forward uh, mental health and suicidal awareness for men you know up to the ages of 45 as we know so many men's lives are claimed by suicide it is the biggest killer of men below the age of 45 essentially in this country so you know check out the calm zone please follow her at lemon rainbows and please donate whatever you can to that cause as well as mine because you know those guys do an incredible work just as everyone else is around just like mike is with his podcast you know at the end of the day these things you know need the donations they need the money to get going forward so it's not a matter of me trying to grab your wallets it really will help people out Mm. so much yeah um like i said i'll get the um i'll get the description to your fundraising to the mind stuff um which Mm. 
will be really good. So get everyone um, involved in that. And I think we're going to look at the the calm stuff as potentially a separate episode as well. So we're going to definitely have some sort of yeah. I know a lot of the guys so, are available for that, so they probably love to be on your podcast and chat yes, mental health. We'll get we'll get something going on there as well. So um, there'll be a few links and possibly follow up episodes to this one as well on that conversation. Excellent. Well, I look forward to coming on here and ranting about how much you hate Roman Reigns. Yes, and oh, as I the mean, new WWE <laughs> champion, I was honestly <laughs> thinking earlier. I was like, so, oh, when does Money in the Bank happen? Is that still at WrestleMania? So could someone win Money in the Bank and then stop nope. that? I was like, damn it, no, they can't. Oh, no, Baron Corbin's already cashed in. <laughs> yeah. There's no escaping it this I'd time. I'd even take Baron Corbin. <laughs> yeah, that's why they made him cash it in solely so that Mike Douglas would have to suffer a Roman oh, Reigns coronation no. at WrestleMania. Oh. Right. You can't well, hide, my friend. Message. You can't hide. <laughs> oh. Okay. Have a lovely evening. <laughs> too squire. Yeah, I thought I'd leave you with that wonderful image of him just raising the title aloft. <laughs> go and have my dinner oh. and sit angrily now. <laughs> Excellent. You enjoy your very angry dinner. Thank you very much for the opportunity, as always, fella. I'll catch you very soon. And no uh, don't forget to send in your predictions for PvP. I will. I will. I have to sit there and have a little think about how much I'm prepared yeah. to actually write down someone's name that I don't want to win. Right. Remember, <laughs> be an arsehole and pick the things that people hate. Yeah. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. Take it easy, pal. You have a lovely you evening. You too. Morning. See ya. See ya, chat. Bye. <laughs>